Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Today on The Workforce Show, we have a new segment called Tech Driven. The host for Tech Driven is Carl Willis from ABC7 News in Washington, D.C. For his first show, Carl is interviewing Wendy Morton Huddleston, Risk Services Principal at Grant Thornton in Arlington, Virginia. Grant Thornton has 8,500 employees in over 50 U.S. offices and a global network across 140 countries. Join us in welcoming Carl in his new Workforce Show, tech-driven. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Carl Willis, a reporter and an anchor of the Weekend Edition for ABC7 News. I want to welcome and thank you for joining us for Tech Driven, as I like to call it. As you may have gathered from the name of this show, we are going to delve into tech. We're going to focus on the tech sector, of course, but we will also look into how technology is influencing and impacting other industries. But most of all, we'll be exploring what has driven our guests to their success, to their position, and hopefully give you a little bit of insight as you embark and continue on in your journey. It's very exciting today. We have our first show right now, and we are very fortunate to be Joined by Wendy Morton Huddleston, a principal at Grant Thornton, uh, specializing in the public sector. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me, Carl. Great opportunity starting off the new year with you and a podcast opportunity to talk about Grant Thornton and public sector as well as holistically what we're doing at Grant Thornton. So interesting. You know, it's a new year, uh, time for new opportunities and new things. Just as the show is new, I, I know you were thinking of uh, new ways to go with your company. And we are, first of all, we want to get some background uh, from you, how you ended up where you are very high up in Grant Thornton. How did you get there? Tell me tell me all you can. I've been with Grant Thornton, virtually grown my career there the past 16 years, a business major and undergraduate at Norfolk State University in finance, and then catapulted on into University of Maryland, University Global Campus, in terms of my MBA and arrived at Grant Thornton with regards to advisory. And at Grant Thornton, Audit, tax, and advisory are our three service lines. We've been around for over 96 years in terms of professional services. More importantly, our public sector practice is located in the D.C. Metro office in Arlington. We're one of your neighbors on uh, Wilson Boulevard. Right down the street. Absolutely. And you have to come on by because we have a pretty modern and inclusive new workspace with treadmills as well as state-of-the-art workspace, wellness rooms, and really a space conscious as well as energy efficient workspace. And so just really when I reflect back on academically and how the confluence of domain areas from taking courses in statistics as well as information computer systems, management, 
and managerial accounting and just how the nexus and those core domain areas are serving me well across the spectrum of professional services. And it's just a great opportunity to really encourage and inspire a lot of the younger practitioners that think big and think broadly. So if you could talk to your younger self who just about to enter this journey, what advice would you give them knowing what you know now about technology? I would tell them to seize every opportunity to further credential themselves in reference to certifications and that professional development is a journey. And I like to use that metaphor because we're always continuously learning, especially when you look at the digital revolution and the continued change and the rapid change that Professional development is imperative, as well as relationships. A big part of my business in our advisory practice, of course, it's driven in terms of technology and data analytics and looking at client missions and how we can help them with driving long-term sustainability and value creation. But a big part is relationships with those clients. And you're a client for life if you can get in there, perform quality work, as well as share points of views and insights. Tell them something they don't already know or something that's coming in the future that's emerging and helping them to really chart the path forward. And you talk about things that are emerging. And we uh, just uh, before we started this interview, we talked about something called robotics process automation. Now, you're in risk management. Explain to me in basic terms what that means and what we need to know if we want a job within risk management. Robotics process automation is a form of business process automation technology, but it's based on bots or robots. And so a way to further demystify it is when you think about ways that you can take repetitive, routine, high volume volume transactions and code them as into robots. So some of the ideal candidates in terms of bots are your insurance claims, employee setup in terms of benefits, as well as invoice processing. And you can take some of the scalability as well as ways of improving the quality and the security and the governance of that data and taking the human element out of it. So those bots can run for 24-7 and also looking at the return on investment of some of those use cases of what does it make sense of taking the manual labor workforce and applying them more into informed decision-making and analysis of workflows and how to serve their mission better, serve their customer even more uh, customer-centric. One thing that does uh, make my ear perk up when you when you talk about robotics and automation, since we are a workforce show, what does that mean for for the, the, the human capital, for the worker? Are there going to be fewer jobs because some of these things are automated or does it just change the workforce and how people have to think before they enter the workforce here? I would lean more towards the latter because that multidisciplinary skill set and domain expertise, we have individuals working in this in Grant Thornton and in public sector and professional services, quite frankly, who are data scientists, who are cybersecurity experts, as well as statisticians, a tax audit and advisory. We can't take a CPA and turn it and expect them to code 24-7. What we get with our certified public accountants in tax audit and advisory is the specialization in reference to international tax codes. As we were talking earlier, you were mentioning that there is a good chance for for employees, for workers to kind of think about how you upscale and recertify the kind of certifications that you get. Can you speak to that as to how that might help 
those be more employable out there? Sure, Carl. Skills and experience of data scientists and taking courses around statistics as well as cybersecurity, uh, computer science, as well as critical thinking and analytical skills will definitely serve anyone in professional services. Those can be applied across audit tax and advisory, for example, with some of the audit innovation, audit of the future. We're looking at three core outcomes, the quality of an audit by using automation, as well as the value and efficiencies. And then thirdly, the insights, data on business performance in terms of helping our clients to make better decisions. And when you talk about this this automated process, uh, can you talk about how it has freed up some of the thinking, some of the some of the 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 workforce power as far as the way you can think in different ways and, and use your attention and your effort in other ways, maybe in prediction and, and knowing when things are about to come. One of the things in terms of digital technology, such as RPA that we're discussing today, has a potential to fundamentally transform the service delivery model. So that model, in terms of the efficiency, the level of fidelity in the data that a customer is receiving from the high volume transaction automated cadence of the results, but also freeing up the labor workforce to think more critically around business intelligence of the the workflows and what they're learning from any anomalies and trends and how they can predict the best solution for a customer uh, rooting out what what they're able to discern from the the data. When you look at, say, 2000 versus 2020 now, how have, how have things changed is it fundamentally different than than 20 years ago? Absolutely. Looking at the transformation and that's facing our clients, that's facing the industry, certainly just even across industries from energy to transportation, looking at automobiles, looking at drones and the degree of automation that is really catapulting our industry forward. I would certainly say that we can continue to transform and shift from a performance of a repetitive manual processes from people to technology when you look at the labor force. And it's really a a great opportunity to allow practitioners to think more critically in reference to key areas of streamlining business processes, but looking at an entire data set, for example, and gaining those keen insights and the value that it brings to delivering the business. I just want to take a step back here and kind of talk about the, the, the human aspect here, uh, delving back again to your journey, if you will, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, so if you can, tell me maybe two to three different milestones that you've reached in your journey that kind of have, have defined and taken you down your path. Yes. So one of a key milestone is from August of 2010 when I was admitted into the partnership at Grant Thornton. It was a great milestone from the standpoint of turning the page and starting another chapter as an equity holding owner of the business and really reflecting back in terms of one coursework in in my MBA class was entrepreneurship. And this is truly a sense of entrepreneurship managing the bottom line with regards to income before operating expenses, top line, bottom line, and really trying to make certain that our teammates, our practitioners are looking on the trajectory of a way that they can continue to build their careers at Grant Thornton and engaging their hearts and minds that I can coach and mentor them just by virtue of exposing them to my experience as an accessible business 
owner for them, as well as another key milestone is in 2019, more recently, I was ratified as the president-elect of AGA. It's a, a member organization, and their core mission is focusing on leadership as well as accountability and transparency. And so it's going to afford me an opportunity to promote certification and those core mission areas and innovation and thought leadership across their 96 chapters and their 14,000 members across federal, state, local level government, nonprofit, academia, and private sector. And so that was a big milestone. I take the gavel on July 20th in Dallas, Texas. So I'm really, really thrilled about that. I joined that organization when I was a senior consultant in professional services and just to watch as my I matriculated on my career path, stayed heavily involved in the profession, giving those volunteer hours and giving back. And that's another thing I would certainly stress to the audience is how are you giving back and and donating your insights, points of views, your time and talents to the profession. What do you say to those who are maybe looking for a mentor or a person like yourself who is uh, very capable of having a mentee or a dozen, if you will? What do you say to them? I would say have clarity around what you're seeking out of that mentorship program. I'm involved with the Women's Sponsorship Program at Grant Thornton, and we have a curriculum, if you will, in reference to key milestones that we're trying to work with our protégés to achieve on two, three-year pathway to partnership or managing director. And a big part of it is really increasing their their cultural competence as well as the, the confidence level, the business case around being a business owner. And what does that entail? How to help them shore up skills and sales and business development and technology and some of the technical acumen that's required. So seek out the mentor through various mechanisms, whether that's social media, through your network, And even in the office, if you're looking at a profile and bios of different leaders, seek them out and just try to get a a variety, someone that may specialize in automation and then someone that may specialize in some of the other tax services or audit services just for very well-rounded experience and, and to really have that portfolio of perspectives. And speaking of well-rounded, when we talk about technical side of things. What would you say to someone who could possibly stand to be more well-rounded and, and how that might help navigate through uh, through their career path? I would certainly say don't underestimate the soft skills. A lot of the work that we're doing in automation, there's an additional staging of it around change management, workforce optimization, and talent management. So we're helping customers in that realm where individuals need to make certain that even beyond the technical aspect that they have excellent communication skills, critical thinking skills, as well as the change management and people skills because we're in the business of providing insights, but also interfacing and cultivating relationships with a vast amount of prospects as well as customers. And it sounds like one of your your top priorities is inclusion, is diversity. I remember um, 
Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, come and moderate uh, Washington Women Speak last year when we talked about some of these issues within the workforce, uh, especially as it delves into women in the workforce and in certain sectors, the public sector is what we focused on. And that's a good place to jump in here in the DMV area. A lot of people working in the public sector. What would you say as far as uh, helping women uh, come up through the ranks and pulling women up along right along with you? Business resource groups have been instrumental in reference to my career in the intersectionality is what we call it at Grant Thornton. So being a part of women at Grant Thornton and allies, as well as African-Americans and allies. And we have Pan-Asian, Latina, Hispanic, as well as LGBT, equality, GT, millennials, and just the degree of having the business resource group as an enabler and and individuals in terms of these affinity groups to come together to help advance the mission of cultural competence as well as a core mission of women is the recruitment, advancement, and retention of women in the firm and also looking at those that are making it to managing director and partner and how to set the pathway to help be that key benefactor and enabler of giving them insights and resources to help on that journey. And if I may, on April the 1st of this year, the 14th annual Washington Women Speak Save the Date will be held once again at the National Press Club from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we're going to touch on some of those key topics around inclusion and culture, sponsorship and equality. And it's open to men and women. So thank you again for your participation in that signature event, Carl. Looking very forward to it. The theme this year is Lift As You Rise. I was just listening to another talk with uh, with Melinda Gates, of course, who's a very well-known philanthropist, married to Bill Gates and uh, influential in Microsoft. And she talked about women in technology, uh, how there's just such an underrepresentation, especially at the top. How do you tackle that? You touched on it before, but how do you how do you tackle that and how do you start to get women in positions to where they can kind of break that glass ceiling? One key imperative is the pipeline and how are we having parity of the pipeline in reference to the line of sight when individuals, for example, through our Leadership Academy, that is certainly a key milestone for many senior managers that aspire to make partner or principal at the firm and looking at ways where we can get them in those leadership academies, equip them with core competencies and learning disciplines, as well as some simulations and use cases of growing a business, managing a business, understanding the economics of the business. And that is one key way that if that pipeline of the learning aspect and the skills building also helps to bear the fruit of an individual coming out successfully to be able to have a seat at the table in reference to preparing for that interview and that business case development. So the pipeline in the Leadership Academy is definitely one key aspect. All right. So we've touched on the tech. I want to get back to the drive. What drives you? What drives me is purpose and making certain that I'm having an impact and reflecting on the outcome of those of the impact, whether that's helping to groom and develop someone who has gone on to achieve great things in the profession, setting 
their hopes high in reference to key goals and business objectives and seeing the results. Now, when you talk about results, I hate to put you on the spot here, but do you have someone in, in mind who you can think of who was maybe someone who you touched and who has flourished? I think about a lot of my members and protégés in AGA, the organization that I'm the upcoming national president of across the United States. As I visit different chapters, I was in Columbus, Ohio, a few weeks ago, and just having the opportunity to foster new relationships, renew former relationships and refresh, but also making certain that I'm continuing to manage and cultivate and don't just cash in a chip when you need someone, make certain to nurture those relationships. But a lot of my younger, what we call YPs, the young professionals, and really giving them some guidance and counsel on navigating with the longer viewpoint of it's a marathon, not a sprint as they go through. And then any professional goes through your peaks and your valleys. And this is more of a personal question for me. This is going to help me as well. You know, I've been doing what I do uh, with ABC7 for, yeah, I've only been with ABC7 for a year, but I've been doing the work for about 20 years. Uh, and I never really had a mentor. I don't know if it's my own, maybe just not wanting to reach out, not wanting to ask for things, not speaking up when I need to, as far as having someone to lean on. I've had some uh, mentors at a distance who I've used as an example, kind of, you know, a loose mentor, if you will. I watched their career path and I followed along. And on the flip side of that, the longer I've done this, I've had several people reach out to be a, a mentee of mine. And I can be better at that as well. I can be, I can reach out a little bit more on both sides of that. What do you tell someone who could stand to have a mentor, but maybe just doesn't know how to reach out or is maybe too, I don't know, maybe too proud to reach out, if you will? That is vitally important as they're continuing to raise their brand profile to seek out insights and counsel on how to go about doing that, how to go about looking at just some gaps as they sketch out for 2020. Here's where I've been. Here's where I need to close some gaps professionally uh, in in that portfolio of look what, what I refer to a lot of the practitioners of their balance scorecard. Where are you in terms of operational excellence, brand, talent in the firm? And looking at how we get measured, but also where we can continue to grow and develop professionally and how mentors can help them to navigate that path as well as external facing some of the volunteer work mentioned and the importance of being well, back to the well-rounded piece, being well-rounded in the community as well as the profession it is vitally important. As a, as a board member for the United Way, for example, the core tenants that we work heavily on is health, financial stability, and education. And sitting on the board, even though I'm giving insights on accounting and finance, I'm also out at the middle schools with service projects and backpacks and school supplies and food pantries. And that's that's vitally important that, quite frankly, if a practitioner is not getting that well-rounded view, that's a lost opportunity. And maybe you can offer some insight as well as how you reach out in the proper way. Because I, I know you've probably had some questionable uh, 
requests for help. I've had people say, I need a job. What's up? Can I have a job? <laughs> Unproven, unknown, cold calls. Uh, and I'm not going to say absolutely no, but you know, I know there's a way to massage that a little bit better to, to stand out and to maybe gain that, uh, that person who will take you under their wing a little bit better. What do you say to, to, to those, those folks? I say, if you don't ask, you don't receive and you just to be confident All they can do is give you an opportunity to either come back at a more convenient time, but more importantly, just to be fearless, to get out there and seek out those individuals. And I think it's also conducive to be prepared, share your resume, share an agenda of what key items that you want to discuss upon connecting. And In conclusion, I would also say that it's also important with respect to making it, it it works both ways. So you can learn from that person and we can certainly say that the relationships can reciprocate one another. So we are rounding the end of this half hour. We're we're coming to a close now uh, in just a few minutes, but I want to make sure that those listeners have received the value that I know they have. But in summary, you know, things in risk management in the public sector, uh, they are becoming automated. Tell me some of the, the certifications and some of the things that people need to really take another look at to be employable. Yes, to be employable, some of the certifications that practitioners may want to consider. I, I've spent a fair amount of time discussing the AGA, agacgfm.org. You they issue out the Certified Government Financial Manager certification. I got that certification, and it has really helped me from federal, state, local level government, internal controls, enterprise risk management, as well as data uh, as a strategic asset. And another key one, Certified Fraud Examiner, as well as just looking through some of the automation Goals and objectives, whether that's in cybersecurity, data scientists. I'm taking a data scientist foundations course now through LinkedIn Learning. So it's just so much out there that you can continue to build upon as you're broadening your aperture to increase your core competencies and your portfolio of of acumen and marketability of those certifications and and the credibility that stands behind that. Where does cyber cybersecurity stand in your field? Yes, it. It's under the uh, service line umbrella of advisory. And so cyber, certainly looking at the ways of access controls, vulnerability assessments, risk assessments, IT controls. But it, it certainly is, falls under the our umbrella of advisory practice. So, Wendy, I want to thank you so much for your time. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Any words or any insight? To think big and stay humble, but really to think about the opportunities that you're pursuing in 2020 and the enabling acumen and resources that you need and to to really be resilient. Uh, we don't always get what we want in that initial ask, but to put that business case together and garner the insights on why do you want to get there? How will it help to influence a particular opportunity that you're working on or make a difference in terms of your client service delivery, but push off big, go incrementally and just pace yourself. 
Excellent. I want to thank you so much, Wendy, for your time and your insight. It has been marvelous having you on the very first show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate the opportunity. And once again, I'm Carl Willis with ABC7. You've been listening to Tech Driven with The Workforce Show. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.